But I want to share with you, can I be like God? Can I be like Jesus, rather? And this is the fourth message I've preached on that. And, and I think I titled this one, Sons of God, the World Does Not Know Us. When I talk about the world does not know us, I want you to know who you are so surely or strongly that difficulties cannot cause you to be pulled away from your confession of faith, your profession of faith. I want you to be such that as Jesus talked to his disciples, he told them what was going to happen so that when it happened, they would know that it, everything that he said was going to be like he said. And I believe that the Lord is preparing us. Some of us can't seem to go through anything. And we have this attitude of, uh, of poor me, you know, but you ought to be able to go through because you have the life of God, literally the life of God in you. Somebody stopped coming to this church many years ago because I was preaching Christ in you. And they ran out because they thought I was trying to lead people into a cult situation. Christ in you. Say, Christ is not in anybody. It's by faith. I thought, what in the world is he talking about? You see, what I'm saying is, yes, Christ is in us by faith. That is, I, 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 but, but he is in us because we exercise faith in God. So every believer now has the spirit of God or you are not a son of God. And so this is what I want you to understand is that God is equipping you for something that is now and future. Paul, uh, John talks about in 1 John 3, uh, let me just read, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed, gifted us, granted us, that we should be called children of God. He says, you and I have literally been born of God. Jesus said that to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 when he said, uh, when he, was, he told Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And so you look at yourself and just say, wow. He said, well, just assuredly as you are flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So you have to understand who you are, really. We look like everybody else in the world, but we're not like everybody. Because we are now children of God. They are children of the world. Children of this world's, this, uh, uh, world sphere, this world sphere. But you and I are children of God. So Jesus was telling his disciples that if the world hates you, know that it hated you before me. Now, Jesus is not saying that when I go uh, uh, to the store or wherever the world goes, I hate you. You know, the world, it's not like that. It's that they reject who you and I are. They want to change who you and I are. And they don't want you to uh, proactively teach and talk about God through Jesus Christ. They don't want that. They always want us to temper it. And now, listen, I told you years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, that if I ever hear of you uh, being invited to pray and you don't use the name of Jesus, I'm going to rebuke you, you know, and so I'm going to rebuke you. Is that all right? Y'all got quiet. You, have you been doing that? Yeah, so, so when I, I'm going out, I have to be careful because I want to make sure I do what I tell you to do. And so I was going to pray publicly recently, and uh, it was a situation to where I knew there were going to be a lot of perhaps different views. 
And I was beginning to feel, frankly, a little intimidated. And I was feeling a little intimidated. Do I, do I pray like I always do? God help me to be, always be strong. Paul talked about being delivered from the lion's mouth. And I was reading where one expositor says that the, he believed that the lion's mouth is sort of a special kind of uh, principality that comes against believers that causes, uh, who causes them to cower down. And I said, I don't want that to ever happen to me. And every time I've done that, when I go to pray in, in, in the public sphere, I'm praying and I am overwhelmingly calling on the name of Jesus. You know, not trying to, as it were, but I'm overwhelmingly doing that. We must know that there's a difference between us as children of God, born children of God, and the world. There is a difference. And I want you to not, as it were, be proud of that difference, but be assured of that difference, that I am a child of God. I have been born of the eternal spirit of God. We must understand that. That's how Jesus lives in you. He lives in you by his spirit. When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus at the baptism, what did we hear from those scriptures? What did we hear God say? God said, this is my beloved son, my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so now you have the spirit of God. So you have the spirit of sonship. I want you to understand that. Why, why does this man keep harping on this, you may ask? Because you're going to need it today and the days to come. So Jesus goes on to say, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Jesus is not saying that people are shouting, I hate you. But he is saying they hate everything about who you are. And sometimes the world, or oftentimes, the world is always trying to call us in, pull us in, suck us in to deceive us. And, and I think I've embraced my calling because my calling is to cry aloud and don't spare, to let the people of God know where we are at this time. The Bible talks about the children of Issachar. The children of Issachar were, were those who knew the times. They knew the seasons. They knew what Israel ought to be doing. And I believe that the Lord has given us that mandate. That is, the world is encroaching and encroaching and the darkness is encroaching and becoming greater and greater. And you must know who you are. Amen. Amen. So Jesus says these things in John 16, 1 through 4, these things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. Now listen to what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. That's what he's saying to his disciples. He said, I've been talking to you so that you won't be made to stumble. You won't be made to stumble. You won't be made to say, well, I just don't understand what's going on. Oh, I don't know what to believe. I don't know who to trust. So you won't be there. Some of you are already there, right? Well, I'm going to deliver you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you so you won't be made to stumble. And then Jesus tells you, he was telling his disciples, and he thus tells us, he said to them that you think you are of Israel, but there's going to be some people put you out of the synagogue. 
So they were Israelites. They were Israelites. They were God's people. And the opposition doesn't just come from the world. It comes from worldly people. And there are worldly people, as it were, in the church. And so this is what he says. They will put you out of the synagogues. Who is that? That wasn't Rome. It wasn't the Herodians. It was the Israelites. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. Here's Paul, Paul of Saul. Actually, his name was Saul at the time. Saul of Tarshish. Here thought he was doing God's work by voting to kill God's people. So I'm saying to you, we have entered that time when the enemy has encroached into the church. He has people, he has Christian people, quote-unquote Christian people. He has them doing his bidding. But can I be like Jesus? Absolutely. You know, you'll be like Jesus. Jesus was persecuted by the people who said they were God's people. He was crucified by those who said, crucify him, crucify him. They said they were God's people. So then do we then in turn fight God's people? No. We keep on believing because Jesus told us what would happen. We keep being the light of the world. Amen. He said, but these things they will do because they, do not, they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may, be, may remember that I told you. And so I believe that the Lord is preparing his church. And I know it's a sobering time, but he's preparing his church. Every message should not be so light and fluffy. Sometimes uh, I, I've talked to mostly ladies in this regard. They'll say, oh, that was a wonderful dessert. It was so light. I go, light? <laughs> I don't want a light dessert. I want a heavy dessert. You know? I mean, I don't want it light and fluffy where the, the, the frosting just melts. No, I want some good buttercream frosting. Yeah. I want a big, thick, moist cake. And if it's a pound cake, I don't want it to be light. I want it to weigh two pounds, three pounds. Yeah. So I, I, we don't need always little light messages. Let's have some light messages so that the young folks... No, we want the young folks to get into the heavy with us because we're living in difficult times. Yeah, the enemy is running rampant. And people are deceiving and being deceived. So Paul, um, rather John, says, Beloved, now are we children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. So John says, we are right now the children of God. We are technon, born ones of God. You and I, we, we, we talk about adoption the spirit of adoption, and I, don't, I won't have time to get to that today. But you and I are not adopted into the family of God to become his children, so to speak. We are born into the family of God. We are born into it. I grew up in a church called the Church of God in Christ. Oh, you know about it. <laughs> and uh, they, they, they used to sing a song, uh, We are the Church of God in Christ. You cannot join in. You've got to be born in. We are the church of God in Christ. You cannot join in. You have to be born in. And so you and I must be born into this family. You cannot be a part of this family except you're born in. And the spirit of adoption has given us full rights as adult children to conduct God's business. 
We have full right. We can conduct his business. I'm looking at people out here that, that, who are sons of God, by, by, uh, and they have the spirit of adoption, and you are an adult son. You're an adult inheritor. You have the right to conduct his business in the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. So Paul tells, tells the Romans in Romans 8 that they did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption. And he says, by whom we cried, Abba, Father. That's, a, that's huge that God is now your dad. I, I, I know, I don't think we have really preached enough on that or taught enough on that. Can I be like Jesus? Absolutely. How is it I can be like Jesus? I've got the same spirit in me that Jesus is. I've got the same life, the same life, the same life. No, I am not eternal. I had an origin in time and space, but God looked upon me in my pitiful condition and, and chose me and chose you and gave us his spirit. I, I know I want to say it until you really get it in your spirit that you and I are our spirit because the Bible says that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And we've been born of the Spirit of God. Now, we are now literally sons of God. And we have fellowship with God. We were once fallen creatures, treasonous. But now we have fellowship. Having been invited to have fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's huge. That's huge. So we can be like Jesus. Also, we can be like Jesus in selfless love. In selfless love, I, I talked a bit about this morning about husband love your wives as, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. I, I, don't, I don't want that to be a, a point of contention with us, that he says, this is how I want you to love. Now, I, I, I did say that um, God, the scripture never commands us to do, uh, the scriptures rather never command us to do what we're unable to do. And that seems uh, on, on face value, it, at face value, it seems like it's a contradiction of what I've taught you. Because I've taught you that God uh, uh, asks us to do what we cannot do. They're both true. This is where they're both true. Because when this comes, it comes with a command. It comes with a command of God. So when God says uh, to you, um, we have confidence in the Lord concerning both of you, you uh, both that you do and will do the things we command. So when the command of God, the voice of God, comes to you, what comes to you is an enablement to do what the voice commands. That's what I mean by that. You know, so God, God doesn't ask you to do things that you can do humanly. But when God says, do this or do that. Or I, I called you, like Jeremiah, I've called you to, to be a prophet to the nations. You know, now don't be afraid of anybody. So when God says that, then he infuses you with strength and courage that you will be able to stand in front of the lion and not recant. That's what God is saying to us. And I believe that he is saying that. You say, well, Pastor, what are you saying there? Everything is getting back to normal. Really? Is it normal? Is it normal to still have to take shots and boosters? Is it normal for a sovereign nation to jump on another sovereign nation because he thinks he's got the power to do so? Is it normal? Is that the normal we want? It's not the normal we want. So then 
we have to be fortified and strengthened by God. So God the Father is giving us an opportunity to be like Jesus. He says, husband, I want you to love your wives the same, the same way that Christ loved the church. And I'm going to say that's probably challenging for every man in this house. Now, maybe some of you it's not challenging for, and uh, you know, say, babe, it's not challenging for me, is it? You're just trying to win favor. Because it says, do it in the way that Jesus loved. So Jesus loved at all times. At all times, Jesus loved. Not when it was convenient. Do it. He said he gave himself to crucifixion that he might have what he wanted. And so what Jesus did was he said, I will die for my church. Why? That I might have a glorious church with not a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holding without blemish. And this is the church. The last day's church is going to depict this, I would, I would say, more than any uh, time in our church history. I believe. And, and here he goes here. So Christ loved the church, therefore he gave himself. So love gives itself. Love gives. Love's not taking. Love gives. God is love. So this, this church that God is requiring of us is to be a church with the love of God expressed in the manner that Jesus expressed it. Amen. That's what God is after Amen. for us. So that means that you and I, are going to have to unswervingly give ourselves in devotion to God during these days. And let us take our orders from Jesus Christ. Let's take our orders from the Holy Spirit. Let's take our orders from the Word of God and not from carnal man. Amen. Not from carnal man. So in Ephesians 5, he tells us uh, to be imitators of God or followers of God as dearly beloved children and walk in love. So he's telling us to have a lifestyle of love. N not, not some cheesy words, but a lifestyle of giving oneself. We find it unusual when someone is willing to just give themselves over and over and over again. We marvel, and, we, and some of us give advice like, you, you'll not do that. Or you're doing that too much. No. Jesus gave it this much. And then put his... As the old preachers would say, put his, his head in the lock of his shoulders and died. That's what God is asking for. And God is not asking for a relationship with each other that's always compromising. You know, we compromise. We don't tell you the truth because we don't want you angry with us. Yeah. But that's not love. This is the kind of love that he wants us to have a lifestyle of. The, the kind of, as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, an offering to God, a sacrifice that is to be killed, a sweet-smelling aroma. Wow. A sweet fragrance. So love is defined totally by selflessness, by giving all. Each of us has given so much that we think, I just can't give anymore. No. That you mean... I won't give anymore. Because with the, when the love of God comes, it comes with, uh, to us with the ability to do everything God commands. Everything God commands. Husbands, he says, love your wives. And so, so what he is showing us, the comparison, Jesus loved the church, gave himself for the church, did not complain, gave himself. He says, I want you to do the same. How many of us are going to do the same? Okay, I've made you mad. That's why you're so quiet. 
let, let, me, let me end this, and we're going to, to have a baptism in just a moment, a couple of baptisms in a moment. I cannot end because that's one side of the message. The other side is loving so much that you don't defraud anybody. Loving so much that you don't satisfy your carnal cravings, your fleshly cravings at somebody's expense. You've got to love. Now, it's, listen to what he says, Ephesians 5, 3. But fornication and uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which is not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Now, now notice what he says. He wants us to give thanks and not do these things. So he says, no fornication, no uncleanness or covetousness. And uncleanness is a big category. You know, anything that's not righteous, unclean, he said, don't do it. And don't covet. Don't want something that's not yours. And uh, no filthiness. So whatever you think is filthy or dirty, don't do it. Foolish talking, don't talk too much. I talked about a little song. Those of you a little older, remember that song when we were young? It says something like, you talk too much, you worry me to death. You talk too much, you worry my pet. You just talk too much. And so what Paul, <laughs> really, what Paul is saying, what Paul is saying here is that when you talk too much, it gets into foolishness. And I always pray, Lord, help me. Do you ever pray that? I pray every day almost, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. So I'm saying, I'm invoking the Holy Spirit. Okay, Spirit of God, I know you live in me. Jesus, I want the Spirit of God to help me. So no foolish talking. No coarse jesting. You know what coarse jesting is? When the guys get together. I, don't, I just don't think ladies do it. But the guys get together, they say, they'll, they'll look around and they'll say something like, and uh, this may be a little bit, you know, you know, but uh, it sure is funny. They said, no coarse jesting, which are not fitting for you as a temple of God. No coarse jesting, no coarse jesting, but rather giving of thanks. So he wants us to give thanks in place of coarse jesting. For this you know, and this is what the Holy Spirit says to us, you know that no fornicator, no unclean person, nor a covetous man who is an adulterer has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. That no one deceive you with empty words. Don't just say, hey, babe, you're young. Don't worry. No, no, empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of, dis of disobedience. And so the wrath of God, the ire of God, the violent hatred against sin will come. You and I have never experienced wrath. We don't know what wrath, the wrath of God is. You know, we don't know what the wrath of God is. We, and we have never experienced it. We will never experience it. We will never experience it. And this is what God says. I want you to be like my son. I want you to please me. Jesus says that, that he pleased the Father in everything that he did. In everything that he did. That's possible for you too. Okay. Well, thank you so much for indulging me. And I appreciate you for that. Amen.